Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Westview Community Church. You know that first video we watched when we started that showed our worship in the park? That was the last moment I had with you. We took off on vacation and been gone for a little while and just got back. It feels like eons. I already see a bunch of new faces, which isn't unusual this time of year. To our guests, we're glad you're here. My name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor, and uh, I want to go over a couple of things with you. Uh, when you walk the door, you got this. Lene referred to this little worship guide, and it's got all the big stuff that's going on this week. Uh, but there's this connect card. This is a time of year where we have a lot of guests, people looking for a church home. We would love it if you'd fill this out. Tear it off. You can drop it in these little boxes here as you go out the door, or you can drop it off at our Welcome Center. We always have a gift there for you. But we would love to reach out to you and help you on this journey, uh, find a new church home. The academic year this year is so much shift going on, but we're glad you're here. Everybody else, thank you for making, you know, this week, last week in Manhattan just flourishes with activity through September and October. But thank you for making worship your priority today, that we're here together, because we're here together to get fired up so we can actually be church Monday through Saturday. Amen? Amen. You can say that louder. Amen? Amen. <laughs> To ours, us who are online, uh, we usually have so about 50 to 100 people hanging out with us online. We're glad you're with us also. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions today of you and those online. And those online, I would love to have you respond and join in with us. Uh, this video that we just watched, um, The Andy Griffith Show. This is a new sermon series called Mayberry 2.0. And they, it's based on the, the town of Mayberry, North Carolina. And it's based upon a show that came out in 1960. I know that's 61 years ago. But a show called The Andy Griffith Show, uh, it actually came out before I was born, but I remember watching The Andy Griffith Show a lot. Growing up, and it was one of our favorite shows to watch, in that little town of Mayberry, North Carolina. It was a comedy series. And it, but in that video you watched just a little bit ago, it also had the song from the country group Rascal Flats. And the name of that title of that song was was Mayberry. And it, so it's like, the Andy Griffith Show may not be in your like wheelhouse because it was so long ago, but that song came out just a few years ago to this generation, and it had these words in that chorus that you heard there. It said, I miss Mayberry. Sitting on a porch drinking ice cold cherry Coke, which is my favorite, where everything is black and white. So it's reflecting back to that show and a time where things were simple. And for those of us who grew up on that TV series, we're like, yeah, we like the show because it was a simpler time. And I bet many of us in the older generations here, we get tempted, I think, tempted to look back and wish today was like the days of Mayberry. Don't you think? But the truth is, the Andrew Griffith show was fiction. In 1960, let me tell you, when this came out in 1960, let me tell you a couple of things about were times really that good. In 1960, 25% of men and women over the age of 65, retirement age, live below the poverty level. That's below 10% today. In 1960, the status of women was very low. A woman could not get a credit card in her name or take out a mortgage loan in her own name. In 1960, a couple with a disabled child could send their child easily to an institution where commonly they were sterilized or lobotomized. And I know we look at that today and say that is horrible, but back then it seemed normal, a normal way to take care of something like that. In 1960, racial division and segregation were at a new peak in our nation. 
It had been a hundred years since the Civil War. And yet, a black man made 40% less than his white counterpart. Segregation rules were everywhere. Still, Jim Crow laws were everywhere. Homeowners, covenants blocked black families from moving into the suburbs. That was 1960. In 1960, we were a deeply divided nation. And as a matter of fact, people weren't getting along on the Andy Griffith show either. Watch this clip with me. Your deputy told me to come up here and meet you, Sheriff. What's up? What's he doing here? Ain't you heard we was feuding? Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Your feud. Now, I looked up the records, old sheriff's records and hospital records and such as that for the past 87 years, and do you know what? What? They ain't never been nary Wakefield nor Carter that was so much as even hit. Well, it ain't because we wasn't trying. Dang, Wakefields keep moving around. <laughs> well, now, I got studying about that thing. Now, you know how folks in these parts feel about their feuding. Now, what if it was to get out that we had an 87-year-old feud going on here with nary a killing to show for it? Why, we'd be the laughing stock of the state. Yeah, now, I believe. I believe that we can get on in just a few minutes what you boys ain't been able to get on in 87 years. All right? Now, just stand back to back here like that. What are you trying to what do? What kind of that? Don't go to shoot. You ready? One. Two. There was a lot of disagreement and a lot of division back in 1960. They've been feuding for, what do you say, 78, 87 years. Somebody else memorized it. Somebody else watched the show as close as I did. It's 2021. And we're still deeply divided today as a nation and as a community, but it's different things. Disagreements, I don't know if you notice this, but you know, disagreements are pretty commonplace. For those on, I want you to answer, I want you to actually respond back. And those online, you can type or you can just do a thumbs up or which is better? Chick-fil-A or Canes? Say it loud, was it? Yeah. Wildcats or Jayhawks? Wildcats! <laughs> I know there's always a couple of Jayhawks. Yeah, neither. Thank you. So third answer. Online, just, just have a heyday here with us. Mac or Microsoft? <laughs> Ooh. Neither. Don't you wish a disagreement's really that simple today? But with the advent of technology, we have a platform now that we can disagree and a platform where we actually, I think, can hide and we can behave in ways we normally wouldn't behave if we're face-to-face, -face, and that behavior really divides. And social media and news media really amplifies our disagreements today and our division quite a bit. As a matter of fact, you see news even partialing off to one side over the other, whether you watch a certain news station or the other, they take sides now, and they just fuel that disagreement. Disagreement rages today. It actually rages because of the advent of social media and electronics, and it gets nasty because we can hide. 
And we look at all this, it's like, why do we disagree so much? Why is there so much disagreement? And I think when you look at the physiological need, we, we love to completely identify with one side of the issue. And the reason why we love to completely identify with one side of the issue is that it makes us feel like we belong. It gives us purpose. And here's the one thing, is many times when we're so heavy on one side, we actually get our identity from that. But so strongly is disagreement today, and the avenues of disagreeing and the bravado of hiding behind an electronic screen, that that disagreement commonly is interpreted as rejection today. So let's look at our first sermon note together. And that's a lie, a worldly lie, that disagreement means rejection. Doesn't mean that sometimes we do reject people, but this is what's commonly, why it's so strong today. There's a high sensitivity due to all these factors I just mentioned that, that make people believe that when we disagree, we're actually rejecting one another. And when we reject one another, we divide. That's where it happens. For Christians, this can happen to us too. We can idolize our views. We can idolize our position on a topic that we actually place that above our identity in Christ. We're no longer Christians. We're progressive Christians, liberal Christians, conservative Christians. We elevate a platform above our identity in something else. And in that desire, in that desire that we have to be accepted by our side, we've forgotten that we were all bought with the blood of Jesus. The very song we just sang. Fear, as you know, has been commonplace for months for a variety of reasons. Uh, the common fear I hear each week that you probably hear it too, if not each day, is the fear of what's going on around us in our, in our nation, in our community. Um, this isn't 1960, but today political lines are drawn really hard. Faith-based lines are drawn really hard. Racial lines are drawn hard. And we're divided over issues of health and disease. And we have this fear like we haven't had in the last two years before. So here's our second sermon note. The dividing nation needs a unifying force. I thought about this when I first wrote this note. I put a divided nation. No, we're dividing. We're actually in the process of dividing more and more. A dividing nation needs a unifying force. Andy Griffith isn't here today. It's kind of funny. My uncle Remo Muscatelli, he lived on the Outer Banks where Andy Griffith retired. He used to see him all the time in the offseason at the veterinarian and stuff. My Uncle Remo's a Baptist Italian guy. He, he would say that, yeah, I met Andy Griffith. He's like, you met Andy Griffith? He goes, he's no big deal. I thought the show was too flashy anyway. I hope Uncle Remo's not watching me. Andy Griffith isn't here today. We can't go back to 1960. But we can give Mayberry, our hometown, our community, an upgrade. Mayberry 2.0. And that's what our sermon series is about. We are looking for hope. Everybody's looking for hope every day, and there is hope. And this hope is more powerful than any division that we can bring up. And so I want to look at Scripture today. And I want to look at the very words of Jesus that we find in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. This is where we find our hope. 
starting in verse 14, Jesus, the very words of Jesus, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. And just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. And I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and pay attention to this part. And they will be one flock with one shepherd. Jesus is describing the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, which he brings into and ushers into with his life on earth 2,000 years ago. He brings us the kingdom of heaven here. It's not fully here, but he brings it here. He's describing the kingdom that he's bringing, the kingdom that every one of us have a goal in our lives, the kingdom of heaven. Our hope is that death is not a final answer. He brings this kingdom. It's here now that we can have that eternal life. And he says there's only one flock. There's only one shepherd. There's only one nation, and there is only one king. If you go to the scripture this week and you jump down to verse 19, it said, when Jesus said these things, the people were again divided. The good news was right in front of them, and the very words of Jesus, some didn't believe, and they were divided. A dividing nation needs a unifying force. That unifying force starts with Jesus. It always has been, always will be until we arrive at our goal. The goal that all of us want in life is that eternal life goal with God, with him, one nation, one king. So let's look at our third sermon note together. Jesus unites all despite our differences. The scripture says that Jesus is a good shepherd. He unites us all despite our differences. He unites us all with our differences. Sometimes our differences make a beautiful flock. We become one flock, one nation brought together only by him. Let me jump you over to Colossians, the letter to the Colossian church, chapter three, verse 10. This is the early Christian leader, Paul, who's starting all these Christian churches, getting the Christian churches taking off. And Paul's writing to this young, small, rural community. The Colossian church there, he tells them this. Paul says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. Circumcised, or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Now this may not be stunning to you, but if we go to the Colossian church, In the first century, where this has all come together, they are a melting pot. And it describes that melting pot. There's Jewish people, there's a synagogue there, mainly Gentiles, non-Jewish people.
There's these people that are circumcised that carry the mark. I don't, won't probably go into this in detail today. <laughs> by the Jewish nature, you carried your faith and mark of covenant by a mark on your body. And there's those that didn't have it. The Greek culture was everywhere, from Rome all the way down to Egypt. Greek was a language. Alexander the Great did a great job. But if you weren't Greek, you were a barbarian or you're uncivilized. If you didn't follow the culture, you're different. Enslaved and free. Paul says, be renewed. Be 2.0. Be Mayberry 2.0. Our new self. He says, be, put on your new self. What's your new self? The day I believed in Jesus Christ. I was clothed new. He said, be renewed. Be a new community. Such great joy. Two weeks ago, we watched nine people baptize that know this new life. They put on Christ. So this new self, if you look at this scripture, this new self destroys racial barriers. That was Jew and Gentile. This new self that we all have, it destroys any racial barrier, Jew or Gentile. It destroys any religious barrier, whether I'm circumcised or uncircumcised, it doesn't matter. It destroys cultural barriers. It doesn't matter if I'm Greek, and speak Greek, or I'm barbarian. And it destroys every social barrier of class, slave and free. Your new self is what makes us all alike. Christ is all that matters. Paul says Christ is all that matters, and he's in every one of us. Jesus unites all, despite our differences. You look at all these barriers, racial, religious, cultural, social, still exist today, still a battle today. Barriers to me are like fences. And so I grew up in the panhandle of Nebraska. And for those of you who grew up in western Kansas, you know this. The ranches aren't small, the ranches are huge. There's not enough grass out there, so for every head of cattle, you have to have like 10 acres or whatever. So the ranches in western Nebraska I grew up were thousands of acres. They would check their cattle by helicopter some days or plane because it's so big. And they didn't have all these fences. They had a fence that went around their property, the thousands and thousands of acres. And what you knew about ranches in western Nebraska is like when you've got hundreds of square miles in your ranch and you're like trying to figure out, well, how do the cattle know where to go? So you, you walk out there and you see, you can see it. There's trails. There's trails all over the ranch. And the trails all lead to one place. All of them, no matter where they are, they lead to one place. And where's that? The water. So these trails, we follow them, they all come and bring the cattle all together one place, the well. Doesn't take a lot of fences. The well centers the cattle together. The church is to be just like that. Minimal fences. Fences hold people out. They don't let them in. The church which is us. Needs to allow everybody to be drawn to the well. And that well is a well of living water. And that well is Jesus. Jesus is what draws everybody to what we have. 
And as they go along those paths, and those paths can take a long time if you've ever been in a ranch in western Nebraska, sometimes those paths are long, and we as a church walk along with them in the paths. We bring them to the well, and we, there's where discipleship really begins, where we grow in our faith. It's when we meet Jesus first. We don't want a lot of fences. As a matter of fact, the only fence we want here as a church in Manhattan is to build a fence all around our community. As far as the people come here, that's the only fence we want. Because you are the church all day out on that ranch, all week long, making a difference. We want everybody to be drawn to that trail and to the living water. Now, I know when I bring this up, that when, I, when I talk about this is the kind of church we want to be, no matter who you are, that you're welcome here. And that scares people. Because there's a real world out there that's full of people that are broken, lost, and disagreeing. And some of us may be in here today saying, hey, I think it's a great idea, but it's really not realistic. We don't want that disagreement or friction in our body. Andy Griffith said, the proof is in the pudding. So I want you, those online in here, I want you to help me. We're going to go through a series of questions. I want you to just raise your hands. Those online, just hit your emoji, raise your hand up or whatever. Raise your hand if you come from a Baptist background. It's a lot of hands. Raise your hand if you come from a Lutheran background. Raise your hand if you come from a Catholic background. Raise your hand if you come from a Wesleyan Methodist type background. Raise your hand if you come from a Pentecostal background. Raise your hand if you're a Christian mutt. You've been in so many different churches, you don't know. That's me. Don't let a Catholic kid fall in love with a Baptist girl. What if you've had no church background? Like this is your first church? Yeah. Every one of those faith bases have different views of doctrine. You should be a pastor up here talking to all you who have a bunch of different beliefs and doctrine, yet we are all here as one. Here's another one. Raise your hand if you are German in your background, like if you're German is like a big, ooh, look at it, a few Germans around here. You online, keep pace with us. Raise your hand if you are Polish in your background, like that's a dominant. Raise your hand if you're Italian, have Italian, a half, I'm half. Raise your hand if you have an African background. Raise your hand if you're Asian background. You watching this? Raise your hand if you're Native American. Raise your hand if you're a mutt. Your family's so mixed, it's like it's crazy. Look at all the different heritage and cultural norms in this room, yet we are all here together. One more, this one's kind of big that we work a lot on in the church. Raise your hand if you were born before 1945. There's a few. You are part of either the greatest generation or the silent generation. Raise your hand if you were born between 1946 and 1964. Ladies and gentlemen, the baby boomers. 
Raise your hand if you were born between 1965 and 1980. Gen X. Raise your hand if you were born between 1981 and 1995. There's our millennial generation. Raise your hand if you're born between 1996 and 2010. Welcome to Gen Z. We're glad you're here. There is another one. We may not see him in here. Yeah, there's some in here. Raise your hand if you were born after 2011. Come on, Luna. Ladies and gentlemen, Luna is Generation Alpha. So I don't know if you're keeping track, there are seven generations in this room, each from a distinctly cultural, different background, different way of being raised, different life experience, and yet we are all here. Last one. Raise your hand if you love Jesus and love your neighbor. But tell me that Jesus does not unite. Jesus unites all of us. It's the only reason we're getting long in this room. Because he's the one that brings us together. Look at our fourth sermon note together. Now I'm going to talk about us. Westview, our diverse and inviting community is centered on Jesus. This is what we believe and this is what we do. We are Westview, we are Mayberry 2.0. We are a renewed community, we are an upgraded community. We have to renew and upgrade all the time. You have to grow, we have to grow together and change all the time to keep up with all these generations, all these nationalities, all the change that we have a heart in this church of what's even next. We have to renew all the time because 30% of our church will be gone in four years because of college and military. We have to grow all the time. Jesus is at our center. He is the living well. He is the only reason people are here first. And we gotta be cautious of building fences to keep people out. All are welcome here. We affirm everybody in their created image of God and we'll work on the other issues because they gotta meet Jesus first. We are what the world is looking for in their disagreements. We are what they're looking for in a place they wanna belong. We are the hope that everybody is looking for because of who is in us. And that someone unifies everybody. There are so many people we need to come through on these trails and we need to introduce them to a savior. And then we work it from there. Here's our vision statement. It's about five years old, still works great. Be bold, love loud, engage deeply. It just seems like words, it is not just words. Let's jump in the middle, love loud. In a world that's disagreeing and yelling and arguing, we love louder. That is why we wrote this. We speak on a different frequency, and it's a frequency that penetrates all the noise and garbage in this world, but this church loves loud. The last two words, engage deeply. That's, if you've been on some of those paths on a ranch in West Nebraska, it takes miles sometimes to go down one of those trails. We engage deeply. We walk with people as long as it takes 
that hope the seeds of faith grow in him. Unconditional love. Go to the very first part. The very first two words are really important. Be bold. What we are asking as a Christ-centered church as Mayberry 2.0 requires incredible courage because the world is a tough place. To be angry and shouting when we disagree, ladies and gentlemen, that's easy. To be empathetic, listening, and inviting when we disagree takes courage. Where does that courage come from? I'm going to share with you the last scripture verse here. It's out of Hebrews 12 in the New Testament, starting verse 18. I'm going to jump around a little bit. This tells us where that courage comes from. Starting in verse 6, sorry, 18. You've not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire and darkness and gloom and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. No. You've come to Mount Zion the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. So let's stop here. What it's saying is that you didn't come like the early Israelite nations wandering in the desert, and they come to the Mount Sinai, and they got the law from God on how to live and the sacrificial system to kind of work through sin and everything. That's not us anymore. It's not a people that have to do all these things, black and white law things, to be right with God. Because we have Jesus, who took all that penalty away by dying on the cross. We are the kingdom of heaven now. We are a city. We're God's very own. Let me continue on here. Verse 23, you've come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, this is us, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is a judge over all things. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness. That's who we are as Christians. A whole different community. We live today as citizens of heaven, not citizens of America, not citizens of our first as we are citizens of heaven. We are one flock, one nation. Our names are written in God's eternal book of life because of our belief in Christ. And because of him, we can approach God. Because of him, we can approach Jesus. Because of them both, because of what Christ did, he, he, Jesus and God do not sit on the outside of us judging us. They dwell in us, encouraging us every day. So big is that. And every day we have forgiveness of our sins because, he, because Jesus mediates every day between us and God. This is building up. This is Mayberry 2.0 is what we're looking at here. Continue on, verse 26. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. And this means that all creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping here 
with holy fear and awe? Are you, are you seeing Mayberry 2.0? He's going back. When, when God spoke to them, when he spoke to the Israelites in the desert at Mount Sinai, gave them the Ten Commandments, he shook the earth, but he made another promise. He said, one day I'm going to shake the earth and the heavens. I'm going to shake everything the day that Jesus comes back and only unshakable things, only those who believe in Jesus will remain. That shouldn't scare you. That should jack you up so much you can't believe it because the next sentence, since we're receiving a kingdom that's unshakable. But let's be thankful and please God because of Jesus, our kingdom of heaven that we're living right now, our church, which is the plan A for the kingdom of heaven, is unshakable. Look at your last sermon with me. Have no earthly fear. Our kingdom is not in trouble. You want courage for today in a world that yells and barks and don't think you can make a change? Here's the courage that we have. Our kingdom, where we're headed, what's here now and what will come to full fruition is not shakable. This world is. It's getting shook left and right. It's hurting, it's suffering, and they're looking for the peace and joy and love that they've never seen. Mayberry 2.0, the church of Jesus, a community that is unified and brings others into this community of one flock, one shepherd, that kingdom is not in trouble. So here's our charge today. Let's take our community and let's go out and change the community because we can, because our kingdom's not in trouble. Welcome to Mayberry 2.0. For the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the power of community us and how we can change community together in ways I don't think you'll expect. I think you'll love the journey. And there'll probably be more Mayberry clips. In the meantime, I want to expand our community today. Speaking of community and focusing on community, we have a new addition to our community for two years that we've been waiting on. And I want to welcome our new pastor, Wayne Hobson, and his ministry partner and leader in life, his beautiful wife, Dorothy. Would you welcome them up here to the front? For two years, we've been waiting to fill this position with the right person because all the stuff that you see about our unshakable kingdom is all the things that we want to do next. We believe we waited two years and 38 applicants because we believe this family will help us make those next steps as a church and be a beautiful, reconciling, and saving church. And I think they're going to bring a lot to us. So I know you've heard of him and stuff like that, but they're officially here. So I'm going to shut up and let you share a little bit. I'm just going to sit down, and I'll be back. Amen. Amen. Morning, Westview. It's great to be here in this great state of Kansas. Uh, I'm a New Yorker, so <laughs> so when Brian talked about, thank you. Yeah, I feel welcome. We both have felt welcome uh, even since our first visit here back in June. So we have been so excited to be a part of the Westview Community Church family. Uh, my wife and I have really been 
planning ahead and looking towards what God would have us to do. And we're so thankful for each and every one of you. We know you've all been praying for us, been praying with us, and looking forward to what God has for us to do together. And as we look forward to what I'll be doing as a pastor over both discipleship and multicultural connections, those two things, I think, are eternally blended because those two things are the heart of not only, only the Great Commission, but they're the heart of what Jesus established the church to do from the very beginning. And as Pastor Brian shared, it is all about the opportunity to see ourselves as a one family-based community. Yeah, that we come from all of these different areas and backgrounds, and we find ourselves here together at the feet of Jesus. And that's where we'll be for eternity. So eternity starts here and starts now at Westview, and what God's going to do with us and through us. I'll let Dorothy say a little bit because I'm Baptist, so I talk too much. I just wanted to say um, I'm so excited to be here and to experience what God has um, in store for us um, as a church and as a community. And you, you will have to forgive me because I remember numbers, but I always remember names. But um, I'll put the two together, faith is the name. So I'm looking forward to um, meeting and to get to know each of you better. God bless. Hey, Dorothy, can I have you come back up? And uh, I want to actually pray on and with you guys. And uh, actually, I have you stand just a little bit ahead. And if you want to look at our online community, I think they're in one of those cameras up there. You can wave at them, too. And this is a time of offering. Offering is never a single thing. Offering is the whole worship. What, what, do we, what today do we want to give to God? Offering can be a financial gift. Offering can be, uh, we just, we, we had Rick and Christina Nelson here this morning, and we dedicated their two children, and they leave in a week or two back um, to, to their, their area of mission field that I can't talk about here. There's so much good here. Uh, your giving fuels the mission of this church, and so we encourage you to give. You can drop them off in the boxes on the way out. But your offering also is, what did God say to you today to change? How can you be different than a disagreeing world? And how can you be a unifying part of our church? And the other offering is these two. They have sacrificed to come all the way. They were actually at a church in North Carolina, so we got this whole Mayberry theme kind of going. Um, so that's why we're kind of excited. Wayne will be preaching next week, so we're really excited to hear about community through him. But they are an offering. They left children, uh, older children and stuff, to listen to God's call. It's a big sacrifice. So they're gonna give, we're going to lift them up as an offering because they're going to make a big impact here with all of us. So let's pray together. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that we can come here and worship you. And thank you that we can unify so we can be different in the world, not to say, hey, look at us, but hey, join us. Come with us. Father, help us be a church that's centered on Jesus all the time. Help us not be a loud, disagreeing church, but a unifying church that listens patiently and understands and shares the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, everybody here, every, 
thing that we're doing, if there's a change that we need to be Mayberry 2.0, that we can make those changes in each of us today. Father, our first offering is a yielded spirit to you. A yielded spirit to allow you to change us so we can be unifying and glorifying an amazing family of church. Not because of us, but because of who's in us. Father, I pray for these two, Wayne and Dorothy, who have come all the way here because you put a call on their heart to help change our community. We need them for this upgrade. We need them to be made barrier 2.0. They have great shepherding hearts. So let their lives show the true shepherd. I know they're going to love this group well. I pray that this group will love them well. Make them feel like family from the first minute. But Father, their offering to you, I know it's fragrant because they've come out here boldly. They come out here to love loud. They come out here to really engage deeply. So Father, rise up your church. Let us be a unifying voice. Let us be a bright voice and a bright light in a world that is still divided. We only can do this in the power of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, have us. Jesus, lead us. And all God's people said,